0: Hey, this is Dorian. Welcome to My Brand Life. Today, we are going to talk about faith. Yes, faith, that misconstrued topic. I'm going to start today's podcast by talking about family history. That's something that I've tried to start with on each topic area overview. And for me, faith has been quite an interesting journey. From a family perspective, it's important for you to know that I was raised in a Christian home. My father was a pastor, minister. He was a Christian educator, Christian counselor. So essentially, I was raised in a household where people on the outside considered me to be PK. What's a PK? A PK is a pastor's kid. And there are all kinds of misnomers, stereotypes, there are perceptions related to what a PK is, how a PK lives. In this podcast, I'm not going to address what it is to be a PK. I've got an entire series that I'm working on related to just that topic. And the stresses, uh, the influences, and the perceptions involved. And it's such a a personal topic, and it's a dense topic that I would plan to cover separately. For today's episode, I'm going to give an overview of my perspective on faith, what it means, how it impacts our lives, how it can impact your life, Because my journey of faith is not over, Um, but it is definitely something I consider as part of my brand life. So now that I've talked about family history and what my origins are around faith, growing up in a Christian household for people that are my age is an interesting journey, and I have validated my feelings, my perceptions, my challenges with other people that are my age that grew up the same way that I did. So I'm not speaking out of, uh, you know, what I think. It's definitely something that's echoed with people that are continuing this journey of faith, having struggled similarly to the way that I've struggled. Growing up in a Christian household, I really felt the need to what I'm calling check of the boxes, check the boxes of, did we go to church? Did we go to youth group? Did we pray over our food? Did we go and visit another church? And did we sing in the choir? There are a lot of different boxes that I felt that I needed to check. One of the boxes that I don't feel was as defined for me and was also not as well defined for other people that I validated this with is the box of grace. And that's something else I'm going to go really deep on in my PK podcast episode series. However, one of the challenges that I remember growing up in a Christian household as a PK, when everyone externally has these expectations of you is, how are you acting? How are you responding? You're a pastor's child, so you should only act this way. You shouldn't act this way. And it really puts you into a box that is uncomfortable. It puts you in a position where you feel as though you're trapped at times, and you feel as though you can never get it right. It puts you in a position where you have a feeling of constant failure, and that is really tough. So much so that for me, when I left home at age 17 and went to college, I basically ran for my life. I stopped attending church regularly. I tried to discover a new way of living that was far removed from what I had grown up with. I began drinking alcohol quite heavily as a lot of college kids do. Um, I did not really dabble in drugs. When I went to college, I know the drugs were around, but that was just not something that I gravitated towards. But alcohol definitely was something that became a really good friend of mine. Now, that doesn't mean that during that time in college that I lost my faith. I don't believe that you can really lose your faith. I think of it as the volume dial. So as a Christian, I believe that once I became a Christian, the Holy Spirit indwelt within my being, and that's when I became someone that has that still small voice that tries to steer you and guide you in areas of your life where your flesh wants to manage what's going on. The reason why I think of it as a volume dial is that the volume on the Holy Spirit's voice was just turned down significantly to a point where it was Not even a still small voice, it was more of a muted voice. And so that's why, for me, I think of it as something that was muted versus something that was not transmitting. It was definitely transmitted. But my sensitivity and my desire to listen was 100% not there. I do remember going to church a couple of times with my fraternity brothers, but I also remember going to church once to a catholic church and i grew up as a protestant pentecostal christian i went to a catholic church once and that was to make a girl happy she was catholic and i wanted to date her so i went to church with her how crazy is that and um you know it's one of those things where my tradition of going to church started to cease and i felt as though you know i'm not going to be perfect There's no way I'm going to measure up. So, why even try? So, I fully embraced what it meant to live a life as the quote unquote prodigal son. Okay. I grew up knowing what my spiritual inheritance was. I grew up knowing uh, who I was. So, I thought. And I decided I didn't want any part of that. That's not something that I had a desire to be a part of. And through a series of experiences that I will go into detail on in my other series, I really felt as though I was a cat with nine lives. What I mean by that is I had a series of experiences, some significant points in my life where I knew things really weren't going well. One of them involved an altercation that led to me spending a night in jail, a situation that involved a serious car crash where my car was totaled. I had numerous experiences and I continued to live. And I wasn't sure why. It's almost as if I was going into like self-destruct mode, thinking, oh, this is going to take me out. And I was still allowed to live. That's really why I refer to it as being nine lives, because it seems as though no matter what happened, I was still alive. I went through depression, and um, that was a tough experience to go through. It happened more than once. So I definitely believe that there are different things that can put us in a state of depression, So once you gain victory from that particular thing, if you're not on guard, there are other things that can drive you into that point. Some people refer to it as a pit, and it really is. It's an emotional pit. So after college, I started working. I left college, actually, Um, had an opportunity to work and decided I did not really like school. I was on a full scholarship, which was really stupid. And kind of fluffed that off for a life of pleasure. Following that, started working and got bitten by the bug of a paycheck. Moved to different locations around the U.S. Really started on a journey to try and figure out, who was I? What was I here for? What was my purpose? Ultimately ended up in Atlanta. Atlanta was a really important part of my life because the most significant things that have happened in my life to date occurred in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta and it was 1996 right after the Olympics. Living in Atlanta during that time really offered a lot of opportunity. 700 of the Fortune 1000 had offices there there was a lot of new construction that had occurred post-olympics and that energy in atlanta in the music scene it was just really a great place to be but i had exhausted a lot of my efforts around trying to test out what did this world of pleasure have to offer the challenging thing is i still felt empty and Where did I go? I ended up at a church in Atlanta because I felt like something needed to give. I had exhausted this one avenue. It didn't work out. So I said, let me go back to what I know. I can definitely say that's the point where the volume button on my listening to the Holy Spirit started to increase because I knew I needed to go back to church. Not church for the building's sake, but there was something that I was missing. started going to a church that I had known and I trusted, and almost immediately, it was like a weight was starting to be lifted off of my shoulders. I actually sketched my transformation and what happened once I went back to church. And I will post that on my blog. What was really interesting during this transition, or I can say my return back to what I knew was right, is there was an altar call. And for those of you who may not be Christians or those of you who who may not have experience in church, an altar call is when the pastor says, Is there anyone that's in need of special prayer? Come up to the front. We've got deacons and ministers that can pray with you. You know, if you've seen anything on TV with craziness involved, I'm not um, talking about that. What I'm talking about is a real authentic opportunity for people that are hurting to have someone come alongside them and pray. And I'll never forget, I was kneeling at the altar a person I would never met, put their hand on my shoulder. And he said, I know why you're here. He said, God knows that you've been running. He loves you. And he's here to welcome you back. And it was literally as those scales were being peeled away from my physical body. I broke down crying. I do remember going back to my seat and just feeling like, Something is about to change. After that experience, I really started to question, what was this gap that I felt, this unchecked box of grace that I really didn't understand? So I started to go on a journey trying to understand what is grace. What I can tell you as a Christian parent myself, I am constantly challenged and reminded to exhibit and demonstrate grace to my kids and also to my spouse, because it's not just a parental thing, it's a relationship thing. For me, what I had to understand is that grace meant I wasn't going to be perfect, but I was still okay. And knowing that you're still okay for someone who tortured themselves for The larger part of their life, because they weren't perfect, feeling as though you're never going to measure up when you did willfully sin and make a decision that you know that was in your flesh and not in the spirit, you feel as though all hope is lost and that you can never get back to what you know is right or what you feel is a good place. A lot of people talk about, I'm in a good place. For me, my good place was knowing and accepting that I was loved and accepted by God despite the terrible decisions that I had made, despite the reckless lifestyle that I was leading. Finding grace for me was critical. And the journey is not over. The journey is really just beginning, because if you think about the amount of years that I tortured myself into my early 20s, and I'm now 45, that's a lot of damage that you have to heal from. What I can say is part of my healing will come in being able to exhibit and demonstrate grace with the family that God's given me. today. I'm a father of two amazing children. I'm a husband to an amazing wife. And to think back to the life that I was leading and where I was to where I am now is nothing short of a miracle. I have so much to be thankful for. Does it mean that I don't make mistakes now? No. I've made mistakes. I also know that I'm going to make other mistakes. The part of grace that I'm learning about is once you make a mistake, you've accepted forgiveness for that mistake. The goal is for you to transform into someone that no longer makes those same mistakes. And that's what growth is. So when people talk about the Christian journey, what it means to be a Christian, learning from your mistakes is a key component of that accepting the grace to learn versus having to accept death albeit physical or spiritual something that jesus died in my place for that's the journey of being a christian it's you're going to make mistakes You are forgiven for those mistakes, but through grace, you learn not to make the same mistakes. And your complete healing comes from helping other people that you see making the same mistakes or have made the same mistakes, helping them heal. And that's with any kind of challenge, trauma, difficult time that someone experiences. Your complete healing comes when you're able to help someone else walk through their recovery and their healing. I have found grace. I'm thankful that I have found grace. But now I need to understand and learn how to fully embrace and apply it to my life on a daily basis because life is hard. It just is. And there's a misconception that because you become a Christian, your life is going to be easy street. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. If you do something stupid, you're going to have to pay the repercussions, right? There's cause and effect. But even in the repercussions, are you learning to not make the same mistake again? For me, the volume on the Holy Spirit's voice is louder than it was when I left home at age 17 It's not as loud as it can be, and I know that the next phase of my Christian walk is going to be trying to hone in on how do I increase the volume to a point in areas of my life where I've made repeated mistakes that there's not even a blip on my radar in certain areas of my life. There are always going to be challenges in life. That's just the reality. But repeatable offenses is what I'm calling them. Those really should minimize if you're focused on being Christ-like. What does Christ-like mean? It means trying to live as Christ lived. So the goal for me, having found grace, is trying to understand how to live with myself, how to live with my challenges, how to live with my shortcomings, In inviting Jesus into my shortcomings to help heal old wounds, to make better decisions, to exhibit grace to my family, to my friends, to people that I don't know. And that's what I'm excited about. Because as a human being, I'm in a fallen world. I know things are going to happen. But my response to those things that happen is going to really be the example and legacy that I'm able to leave for my kids, for my wife, for my family, for friends when I do leave this earth. That response is going to demonstrate, did I learn my lesson? Did I really understand what grace was? So this next phase of my life that I'm going into i've done the corporate thing i had a great time doing it i met some great people gained a lot of experience now i'm going into a new phase of life i don't know what that's going to look like exactly what i do know is there will be a different approach to understanding who i am how i can exhibit grace to others How I can accept grace for myself when I do make mistakes and also what legacy I'm able to leave behind. If I've lived 45, 50, 60, 70 years and I only get one shot, what message do I want to leave behind? Did I do my very best in interpersonal relationships? Did I do my very best with the talents and abilities that I've been blessed with? Did I do my very best in my response to what life delivers? That's what is important to me. That is something that I'm excited about. And that is something that I cannot wait to demonstrate and share with the most important people in my life. For me, this journey of faith has had so many ups and downs. There will be more ups and downs, but my response to those ups and downs is going to be the litmus test on how I've accepted grace and truly transformed into what I call a mature Christian versus remaining a baby Christian. Because as a human being, as a Christian, as a husband, as a father, if I don't grow, if I don't evolve then what is it all for? Thank you for listening. And I hope that you too understand you're not going to be perfect, but that's okay because Jesus loves you regardless of how perfect you are. He just wants you to make sure that you're learning from your mistakes and trying to do better.